Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and joining alongside me today, beside the tickle trunk, it's Shabazz. Hello, Shabazz. Hi. <laughs> the tickle trunk doesn't have a voice. I know, man. but if it did have a voice, wouldn't it sound like that? Uh, I kind of hope not. Why? What do you think? Like, hey, hey, what's up? I'm the tickle trunk. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Where's he from, by the way? He's from the south side of Chicago. Oh, is that okay? Well, yeah. I, I feel, I wish we got to ask our special guest today. Uh-huh. What the tickle trunk would have sounded like? Yeah, I, I think that would have taken four minutes out of our time. I think that would have taken up too much time like, from oh, interview. Good thing you asked. Uh, I, you know, I've been a whole, I've been working on this yeah. voice. I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> oh, the tickle trunk. Oh, oh it is like yeah, it's exactly that. Shay, how are you doing today, man? Oh man. <laughs> nice know, little pause there. I'm I like doing, that. I'm doing great. You know, I'm, doing, I'm cold though. I'm really cold. I don't want to talk about the weather, but I'm cold. We I'm don't frigid. talk about the weather, but we do. But you know what? There's another thing that we shouldn't talk about, but we should. Oh, today, as of recording this, is October 10th. Yes. There's two major things happening today. The oh. first is that you could watch Mr. Dress Up: The Magic of Make Believe on Prime Video today. Yeah. yeah. Around the world, you'll be able to watch oh this. Oh my God, around the world. Which you need to, because we're going to talk about it in a second. And also, uh-huh. it is the date of birth uh-huh. of our co-host, who is not here right now. No. He's dressing up. He's dressing up. Uh, Anthony's Anthony's birthday. Anthony's birthday. He had to do it right after mine, didn't he? He did. You yeah. know, even though he was born a couple years before you. Yeah. It's all it's all it's I all conjecture it's at this all point. It's all made up at this point. It is all made up. But Anthony, happy birthday. Anthony, happy birthday. We absolutely love you. If you couldn't tell from our voices, we are being genuine right now. He doesn't listen to the show. No, he so doesn't. He's not listening he's to not this at all. This he won't even know. He won't even know at all. But no, we absolutely love Anthony. He is uh, a crucial part of the right. movie podcast ship. I mean Boat? He's in this boat, but another. He's, he's in this boat, but a different yeah, boat. That's a deep, a yeah, deep cut reference. Deep cut. Uh, but today is all about something very special. It is about Mr. Dress Up, The Magic of Maple Leaf, which is a film that we absolutely love. It is a documentary that is out today to watch on Prime Video. It had its premiere, its world premiere mm-hmm. at TIFF, and it won the People's Choice documentary well well deserving because it is just if you're a canadian especially i know some of our 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 listeners worldwide may not get to the importance of who ernie coombs was Mm -hmm. but mr dress up was a staple to all canadians growing up you know he was our mr rogers he got his start with mr rogers it's true which definitely if you if you love mr rogers if you want to know more about him too he's also in this film Mm -hmm. so definitely go watch it i want to say thank you to our friends at prime video canada for making this interview happen because who's joining us today shay rob robbie mccallum rob robbie mccallum that's 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 what he goes by um when you when you are best friends with them i think so yeah, and we're i think we're most best people, friends with them most like shorter names but yeah. he's like no no but rob make make my lane name longer <laughs> lane make my name and <laughs> lane. make my lane longer no yeah. rob uh, rob we are just so grateful for you sharing your time with us on the movie podcast oh, yeah. today we had such a great conversation i think we could have gone on for another hour yeah even though we only had <laughs> 15 could, minutes I could, <laughs> I could see in his eyes he's like I need to wrap up. <laughs> I need to go. No, but like we had such a great conversation, a great conversation. and we just talked about all about Canada and like how, how Mr. Dress meant the world to us growing up. You know, the movie podcast, you know, we like to be a global show, mm-hmm. but the movie podcast is probably made in Canada. I don't know what song what, that was. What song was, is that? Sorry. I was trying to go into the Canadian anthem. Okay. And then it slipped my mind a little yeah. bit. Maybe maybe we can't play for copyright reasons. Well, that's all, we Maybe we have our own. Is it, wait, hold on. Is the national anthem <laughs> copyright protected? I guess some versions, depending on who sings it. Yes. That, uh, that, right? but that I would assume. Yeah. But uh, what if it's a version that I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't doing the Canadian national anthem. So, so I don't think we have to worry. <laughs> no. I mean, look. We're, at the end of the day, we're still a Canadian show even yeah. though 
almost everyone that reaches out to us is not from Canada. <laughs> and most oh, no. of our listenership is not Canadian. It's, it's true. Yeah. It's, we have, we really have a, a worldwide audience. So we're so grateful for that. So maybe yeah. we get to bring a little bit of Canada to the to world you. today. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Like if that. you love Mr. Rogers, yeah. you will probably love Mr. Dresser. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, this is also the movie Canadian. podcast. Also, no, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but got to start in Canada. Got to start. In You'll Canada. learn that yes. in this documentary, the movie podcast. You can catch us everywhere on all social media platforms at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterbox. Make sure you join our Discord. We're having some great conversations in there, and go check out the video version of this interview on YouTube.com/slash the movie podcast. Everything you need to know is in the show notes below. Again, I want to say thank you to our friends at Prime Video for making these interviews happen for us. Rob McCallum is an awesome guy. He's worked on some incredible uh documentaries throughout his career so make sure you go check out all of the incredible stuff that he is doing and watch mr dress up the magic of maple leaf today on prime video it is worth your time you will laugh you will cry you will have some incredible nostalgia throughout it is entirely worth your time so mm-hmm. make sure you uh you watch that and without further ado please welcome rob mccallum to the movie podcast yeah, let me just throw on my monkey suit jacket so I don't look like a total schlep right now, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. No, you look great. I wish it was an actual monkey suit given the uh, given the topic. Yeah. I- <laughs> I'll raise this up too so you don't have to look right up my nostrils. Thanks so much, Rob. I'm Daniel, by the way. Hey, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And I'm Shabazz. Hey, Shabazz. What a pleasure, you guys. Thanks. Taking the time to talk about this film. I appreciate it. Oh, Rob, oh. the the pleasure is all ours. Absolutely. We are just so grateful for you sharing your time with us. How's your morning going? Of course. So it's going well. You know, today is launch today. It's a fun, exciting day in any filmmaker's journey. But this one feels especially awesome because it's something I get to share with all of Canada who gets who gets the subject matter as much as I do. I don't have to convince anybody. As soon as I say Mr. Dress up, it's smiles, tears, we want to do hugs, that kind of thing. And then we want to put costumes on. It's great absolutely we love that uh you know we absolutely adored uh what you did with your film with the, with mr dress up the magic maple leaf um Thanks. and you like we think back like canadian media raised us so to have a film that really shows the importance of supporting that and having a figure like mr dress up um that's really special to us that meant the world to us so watching that like we felt seen in that you know oh well thank you i mean we wouldn't be who we are if it wasn't for the kids shows that that fed us you know the the way that the world works and dress up in particular man so much of that engine is is part of me and my internal workings you know you could go on and on as you see in the in the documentary film we we make a number of references and those aren't by accident and it's all by design because it's all part of the corner the cornucopia of canadian media for kids at least what it was and you know what one day it could be again definitely you know, you, you got a lot of love at TIFF this year as well. And, you know, everyone kept talking about this documentary. How did, how did it kind of feel to kind of show off this to a Canadian audience? It's overwhelming. I mean, TIFF, you know, wasn't necessarily part of the plans. We thought we would get into another festival, but then we, the film was still being, you know, worked on and we missed the deadline. We're like, okay, well, you know, it'll be on Amazon Prime. That's a huge victory of Mr. Dress Up documentary. But you always submit to TIFF just in case, right? Like, why not? And then it got in. And I was like, wow, this is not like a festival that I would say is like renowned for like a documentary presence, you know, big, big films come there. I think it's like the world's largest public festival. It's the biggest festival, in, you know, in my brain. <laughs> so to have a film play there and have like a world premiere at TIFF with people and, and a carpet that was actually like tickle trunk red. Yeah. It's just like more than more than i can fathom just i'm overwhelmed i'm humbled by the acknowledgement and very grateful 
for everybody that you know worked on the film and helped make that that debut a reality yeah it was a beautiful it was a beautiful night and see the tickle trunk and just seeing everyone so excited and sharing their stories of what you know mr dress up has meant to them over the years it really was an, an incredible incredible to celebrate the happiest day at tiff I yeah a hundred percent it was like the, the happiest day at tiff it's kind of like a, a reunion for our childhoods, right? Like we're all there as adults now, but it was like, I think all of that, those inner childs that are still within us, some of us more than other, because I still play with toys. <laughs> we all just got to play again, right? We're just like, oh yes, this was what my youth was like. We got to hang on to it a little bit more. And I think everybody's so excited because we let go of that so quickly sometimes because we're racing to take care of bills or make sure this thing's done. But it's like, oh no, we can still hang on to that a little bit, right? I think that's what people are, are responding to. At least that's what everybody keeps telling me. <laughs> yeah, for, no, for sure. And, you know, like, like you mentioned, like Mr. Dress Up has touched the lives of so many generations. Where did you even kind of begin to start piecing together what this what this was going to be? Well, it, it took some time to figure out what the story was. You know, is there a certain angle? What's the best way to tell it? Is it, is it a flashback? You know, at one point we were going to start with the Walk of Fame star and see how it came together. Uh, another entry point for me was like, you know, the show that's on for 29 years of 4,000 episodes, plus almost another 10 in like syndication and reruns on paper, it doesn't look like it should be successful, right? Like it's a, essentially a theatrical production because they don't stop tape. They film a half hour straight through the costume budget is paltry for a show called Mr. Dress Up. <laughs> There's a puppet with a mouth that doesn't move. Another one that has a moving mouth, but doesn't speak. It's, you know, kind of like a middle-aged man hosting it and yet like people rave over it. So like understanding why that works when everything on the page says it shouldn't was like a different entry point. And then it was just like, let's just talk about love and passion and, and what the show ultimately distills down to and why we like it. And then it's like, okay, kindness, creativity, and costumes. It's like, okay, that is like kind of the, the North star of where things went. And then just looking at it chronolog chronologically, Oh, it's been a long morning, fellas. <laughs> Looking at her <laughs> chronologically is just kind of kind of made sense because let's just start at the beginning and take your time. And what better way to start telling a story than having our friends that we haven't seen forever and like kind of reunite with them and let them take us back in time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved having Casey Finnegan, you know, start things off. And I and I love how it almost felt a little um, like parallel to you know Mr. Dress of the show itself, where it was like a narrative around concepts. Right. And, and I love that. Like, there's so much of this stock that you're taking us through each year, but then we're really honing in on a certain moment or a certain, you know, issue that went on with the show. And then you, you, you know, tell the story and it kind of branches off through there. Was there ever anything in your own research that surprised you that you learned about Ernie or you just learned about the creation of the show that you're just like, wow, like I had no idea they had to go up this battle or go up this hill to tell the story? I'm, I'm forever fascinated with the production aspects of the show. Like all the music was played live off the floor. And that was one section we couldn't really get into the film. So it delights me that we can talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hank Bonus, the guitar player, Don Hines, uh, Lois Pearson as well, the alternate piano player. Even the intro, the animated intro was played live off the floor with every episode. Wow. Same with the outro. It wasn't they didn't just cut the tape. It was played to a monitor and all the music that you hear is Ernie or whoever's walking from the craft counter to the drawing board to the treehouse. It's just, you know, plucking the, the notes here and there. It's all live off the floor, like improvised. And that was really fascinating to me on top of learning that it was a nonstop production. It was just like, wow. And then how do 
write a show like that so it doesn't feel the writers that the remarkable job that they did and that's not easy when you don't really have staff writers you have a few like series writers that are there for the duration of it but you have a lot of freelancers coming in and it just seems to me that it's a show that would be so easy to screw up like a spec script of mr dress up because you'd want to do too much right it's the show that needs to be really distilled down to the simplest concepts and i say simple as something that's pure and just like potent not something that's like disposable right but something that just gets at it mm-hmm. and so when you learn about how they did the show you want to bring those elements in, into the film that we made so every time it's like well how do we do this and what's the approach to this you try to bring it back into it so like the anecdotes right when people had a story about ernie or whatever it was like okay well let's do pop-up cutouts almost like they did with the story time where things would move it's like let's do that okay so that's back to the show well let's draw some stuff on and so basically the source material kept dictating stuff and the more we learned about it the more it would inform what the film was so it was a really symbiotic relationship that's fantastic and and when you think of like what they had to do for those you know four thousand episodes of you know just making sure every time they they hit their timing they hit their marks um something for me because you mentioned the music um i went to ryerson or tmu now um and the fact that they have in in the studios upstairs they have mr dress up's piano up there and every time like i'd go in there and that we were recording something or working on something i'd just be like oh my god like i've heard so much coming from this piano and it just it's wild that they could you you feel like oh my god like this this is a celebrity you know what i mean like you're in the presence i do every time i'm in toronto and i'm anywhere near front street i have to see the treehouse it's a weird like catcher in the ride thing right like where i've got to have a copy of it (laughs) wherever i go like i have to see the trios there's just an intrinsic connection like seeing a family member if i'm in town you just you do what you 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 can so i completely get what you're saying yeah it's magical we we talk about how many you know episodes there were of the show and probably going through all that archival footage what was that like kind of working with cbc going through all that restoring it and that whole process you know on the surface it's daunting we didn't have access to all four thousand episodes because when the show was made it wasn't in practice to save the episodes it was like kind of run and done right there was no syndication so there was no need for re- repeats there was no home video so a lot of stuff sadly unless for some reason somebody wanted to keep it was either erased and recorded over or just thrown away nobody's fault it was just like we didn't know better then so i think we had a list of somewhere near like 1200 episodes that we basically looked at in the archives and we kind of were at the mercy of what the archive log would describe the show as sometimes it was you know they celebrate you know caribbean culture and you know create costumes and crafts that to match other times it was like mr dress up dresses up there's like <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's in that episode so let's pull the ones that we can decipher and we had to go into a bunch of those mr dress up dresses up ones to find stuff to fit like scenes so like bare naked ladies are in the film and they talk about bottle caps mm-hmm. Well, we didn't have a bottle cap reference, so we had to start going through that stuff to try to find it. And thankfully, we were able to to land some of that stuff. But honestly, as daunting as it seems with so much archival material, we had a team of researchers pulling stuff that was like just CBC and then other people that were pulling anything outside of CBC. And it was just like Christmas morning, guys. Just Christmas morning, lots of presents and gifts. And it's like, oh, oh, this confirms that. This confirms that. Oh, and here's that thing those people were talking about. It's like, even if we didn't use it, there was like that journalistic integrity that was maintained because we did due diligence to figure that thing out. <laughs> and then that gave us credence to talk about this thing and then to do this. And like, 
that informed the questions that I did with interviews because I could talk about it confidently because I had seen the letter that he had wrote Fred Rogers two months before he passed away and what that meant and why that mattered. So it, the research phase was awesome, but it was just like, you know, Indiana, Indiana Rob and, you know, the treasure of dress up. <laughs> They're the Tickle Trunks Cave or whatever you want, whatever. Tickle Trunk Cave sounds good. No one's dress yeah, up like analogy that. you want to use, but it was just like so much fun to uncover these historical artifacts from all these places that we would never even thought to look because our research team was amazing. And then to see it there and like, okay, we can make a film from this. And it was just like putting the staff a raw and it just <laughs> letting the, the sun shine through. And I was like, come on, Finnegan, now we can do it. <laughs> I really hope they make, you know, all of those episodes eventually available for, for people to watch. Cause I think, well, what I, what I can mind. tell you, I can't confirm anything, but we are in discussions with bringing a select group of episodes out. It's a very difficult process as we discovered when it came to clearing the episodes. Definitely. There is a lot of legal issues because of the way the contracts were built again in different eras different bargaining agreements it's a lot of work but there is an appetite to get some episodes out there so that people can remember the magic and introduce it to a whole new generation of kids that have never seen it and that can fall in love with playtime crafting drawing and dressing up absolutely uh you, know, you mentioned bare naked ladies and there's just a whole host of amazing people that are included in this documentary i'm curious what was the selection process behind that? Like, why were you like, okay, I want to make sure this person's in it and these people are in it? Oh, I wish it was that specific, but it was kind of like, let's figure out the most notable, you know, celebs that are out there because you always want to try to have a celebrity in your film because it lends a sense of, you know, authoritative kind of ness to it that people see a celebrity then it's like, oh, there's an authority figure speaking about the thing. I can <laughs> right. buy into it a bit more. I don't necessarily always believe in it. In this project in particular, I thought, Maybe we don't need celebrities just because in Canada, it's so well known. It's ubiquitous enough that we don't need kind of like a spokesperson on our behalf. Like we get dress up, but you always put the best foot forward. And hey, it's not a bad thing if somebody says, yes, they want to participate, right? Like it's kind of a good thing. Yeah. And in this case, we just basically went out to everybody that we could think of on our list and everybody said yes. And it was like, okay. And if they don't appear in the film, it was kind of a scheduling conflict. It's like, oh, I can't make it because I'm tied up with this and you guys are filming here to here. It's like, cool. Hey, you know, no hard feelings. Thank you so much for agreeing to do with it. You know, cross hand, you know, shake hands and, and kind of walk away. But there was no battle to get anybody that appeared in the film. I was like, yeah, I'll talk with Mr. Dress up. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's incredible. There was a, you know, seeing another like staple of childhood for us, like, you know, Patty Sullivan, TVO Kids. Uh, and seeing like Patty that show up, awesome. we're like, oh my, like Patty, Patty's so great. So cool. And just seeing like, seeing those people show up, you're like, yeah, like, of course. Cause like you, you always think of like that world growing up or like, like all of these people are like your, your, your heroes growing up. So to hear them talking about and acknowledging one another, it's, it's a very cool, uh, it's a very cool thing. I love that Patty's in it and Fred Penner too, because now like you've seen them in these other roles on TV, but now you get to hear them talk about kind of their process and their industry in a way that you haven't before. So it's like seeing them in new light, but fulfilling everything you would hope about these people because they're still knowledgeable and they're still kind and they're still that person that, you know, you connect with. And it's just like, yeah, this feels right. This is right on the mark. Definitely. You know, and, and you know, we've seen, you know, we've been really lucky this year for Canadians. We've seen a lot of Canadian stories get the limelight this year, you know, with Blackberry, you know, taking the world by storm earlier this year. Uh, 299 Queen Street West, which was uh, the Much Music Talk, which we love. Yeah, to shout out to Sean Menard. 
A, you know, a new recent friend of mine has got announced at South by and you heard about my documentary he reached out to me right away and goes you're doing a, do- a documentary on Mr. Yes I'm like dude you did a documentary on much music <laughs> <laughs> both are phenomenal both phenomenal both you know phenomenal. Box. And, and and that's the thing you know like Canadian stories like and they're not just Canadian stories but they're being made by Canadians too and like yeah. we'd love to hear your perspective on you know the importance of preserving and celebrating Canadian icons you know and it's no secret that Canada does not do a great job at celebrating its icons or its history. We're very kind of reserved and humble people. We're just kind of, yep, oh, thanks very much. And we kind of walk off. We we don't necessarily light the fireworks off or try to blow apart a piece of the sky for any random reason, like our friends to the south. And I can say that as a, as a dual citizen with you know <laughs> some, some confidence. I've spent many years in the U.S. living there, and I love America. But Canada is not good at waving that flag the way that they are. And I think it's, you know, time that we have enough media history in particular that we start saying, hey, this thing is pretty cool. And sometimes the entry point to stuff like that is a little bit on the Kevin Smith side of things where it's like, look at this quirky Canadian culture. But hey, there's something here. And even if your entry point is a little bit of the oddball Canadian thing, like, look how weird you can't do this on television is and how that became double dare. It's like, oh, okay, there's an interesting... you know, entry point there, even if that's what gets people in, in the seats, I think you start to, to discover that there's this really unique culture of resourcefulness that creates things that are much more memorable than anything money can buy. The fires that you put out with money are nowhere near as exciting as the creations that manifest together. When you just work together as a team and kind of use what's in the kitchen sink or the, you know, the drawer down at the end of the hallway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Rob, we want to be so cautious of your time as well and so grateful for your time. But I'm getting the flag that it's almost time to change costumes. <laughs> so I've, I've got like a minute left. Absolutely. So we just, we just, we, just, okay. we just want to end up with just kind of asking, you know, what are you kind of hoping that viewers kind of take away from watching Mr. Dress Up, the magic of make believe? I just hope that they take that feeling that they had as a kid, bring it with them every day and just remember their inner child and why it's important to be kind, why it's important to, you know, work with people, be considerate of people, and, and to have fun. And that playtime is the best time of day. If everybody was that kid inside, that frightened kid that was worried about being picked on, and used kindness, that you know, weaponized kindness as a way to bring people in, and just knew that if I play, then all the world's problems will go away, that would be a better thing. And if this film helps push that in a little direction because it reminds them of the childhood, then hey, job done love that rob we love that we love what you do with this film we really hope we get to talk to you again and thank you so much again for your time man thank you please reach out whenever guys i love making pop culture documentaries as you probably saw from some of my other work i'd love to talk to you about anything ad nauseum even if we want to pick this up and you know down the road when cbc airs it absolutely thank you so much man take care cheers bye 